listening to the Real Life Church Podcast. To learn more about Real Life Church, including our gathering times in Yuma, Arizona, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Bob Van Horn. Hey, so welcome back to Real Life Church. I'm really glad you're with us today. We're going to continue in that brand new teaching series that we just started called Radical. Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. Now, last week, we introduced this whole series, and if you didn't get a chance to go watch it, I want to encourage you to go back to one of our platforms and catch up on that because it's going to give you some crucial background information as we begin this journey today. Today, we're kicking off the Sermon on the Mount with a section called the Beatitudes. It's eight short affirmations. Actually, in the Greek, it's only 107 words. That's what makes up these Beatitudes. And a lot of those words, believe it or not, are repeated over and over. To sum it up, the Beatitudes is one of the greatest messages of the gospel. They present truth and life-changing principles for those of us that are believers in Jesus Christ. As we get into this section, I want to remind you that these Beatitudes weren't necessarily written for the crowd. They were written for the disciples. So today, these Beatitudes are for those of us that are believers. It's important for us to keep that in mind. These are things that are going to help us grow in our relationship with Christ. You're going to hear the word blessed over and over, and that word really means happy. And so when I went to Google today about the things that make us happy, Google had a lot to say. First of all, it says, if you want to be happy, practice daily gratitude. It says it improves your mood. So go ahead and do that. Practice daily gratitude. But I don't think that's what Jesus was talking about. Google also said to surround yourself with positive people. That will certainly help you be happy as well. But again, not necessarily what Jesus was talking about. Google said to do acts of kindness. That's important. And that's nice. And that does make people feel happy. But not what Jesus was talking about. Then Google said, spend some time with your family and friends. I say, it depends who your family and friends are. But that, again, is not what Jesus was talking about. Happiness is important to us, right? Who out there right now doesn't want to be happy. Simple things make me happy. Sleeping in a freshly made bed, sunshine on your face, chocolate melting in your mouth. Fridays make people happy. Some people get happy about rainbows and doing exercise. And believe it or not, cleaning out earwax makes people happy. I don't know about that, okay? Um, But there are lots of thoughts about people and wanting to be happy, exercise, sleep, going outside, smiling, meditating. You can search it for yourself. It's all right there on Google. You can get it just like that. But none of those things are what Jesus was talking about. This radical teacher, Jesus, is about to introduce something that is going to make us happy. And it's in these Beatitudes, these statements that Jesus made. And before I get into what Jesus said, let me ask you a question. Are you a disciple of Jesus? What I'm asking you is, are you a follower 
of Jesus. Is Jesus your Savior? Do you set yourself apart for the teachings of Jesus? Jesus is about to give his longest sermon ever, and people were gathered around from the outside while he taught the inside. Are you on the inside today? Or would you consider yourself to be a part of the crowd that needs to move to the inside? Man, you can do that right where you're at. Acknowledge Jesus as who he says he is, the Son of God, who came to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. Ask him to forgive you of your sin. Live your life for him. Go from the crowd to being one of his disciples. And this text will mean a lot to you today. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountains and he sat down and his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and he began to teach them saying, and this is our text this morning, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now this word blessed, like we said, is the Greek word makarios and it means to be happy. Actually, it comes from a Latin word that means perfect happiness or bliss. And in the Jerusalem Bible, this phrase actually is translated, how happy are the poor in spirit? Now, the happiness we're talking about is not kind of like how we started, where, you know, the, the happy meal happy or the Disneyland happy or the happy birthday happy. Jesus is speaking of a happiness that believers can experience even in the midst of very unhappy circumstances, while you're hungering or while you're thirsting. Happiness, the happiness that Jesus is talking about, rises above all types of circumstances. It's actually reserved for those who are recipients of God's grace, God's unmerited blessing, and this happiness that comes only happens with a relationship in Jesus Christ. That's where you experience true blessedness. This is where Jesus offers to all of his disciples. So if you want true happiness, if you want to be blessed like Jesus is, you got to do what it says in the Beatitudes. Look what it says again. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's kind of different all by itself, because in our society today where we live, I think that this is actually a bigger problem today than it ever was when the, Jesus was kind of talking about the Pharisees. You know, they were a very prideful type of people. We're a very self-dependent kind of people. And what Jesus is starting to say in this beatitude is that you can't be prideful. Matter of fact, you've got to become the opposite of pride. And the only way that you can do that is stop leaning on your own self-sufficiency. And that's what the Pharisees were. That's what they, that's what they practiced. They were a very prideful people. In Luke chapter 18, and I'm just going to kind of tell you the story here, Jesus is discussing the difference between a Pharisee and a tax collector. And now this Pharisee goes to give an offering and begin to do his prayers. And as he does that, he stands up, he thanks God. And then he says, I am so glad that I am not like this tax collector. 
or extortioners or unjust people or adulterers. I'm so glad that I'm above all of that. That's pride. And that really means when you're that kind of prideful, you don't need God. You're self-sufficient in yourself and your ability to approach God. And yet when the tax collector gives his offering and makes his prayers, he beats his chest and he says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Do you see the difference in attitude there? The Pharisee's all pumped up with himself. The tax collector recognizes that he is nothing before God. One of them is prideful and one of them is poor in spirit. So, poor in spirit. Let's discuss it for a couple seconds because we really got to get this in order to be able to get this beatitude. There's a couple different words for poor, and, and this is where our hang-up is also. First of all, the first word for poor is people who are able to just get by. They're able to just scrape by day to day, month to month, year after year. They're able to somewhat meet their needs, but they don't have anything. That's not the type of poor that we're talking about in this passage because they're able to get by. They're able to scrape by. They may not have a lot. They may not be rich, but they're able to get by. And that's not the poor that we're talking about in this passage. There's another word for poor that actually means this, that the person is utterly destitute. They are reduced to a hopeless beggar. It refers to somebody who has absolutely zero resources. They are completely bankrupt and have to rely upon the mercy of someone else. And so when Jesus uses this term poor, that's exactly what he's talking about. Poor. They can't do it on their own. And here's the hang-up in this beatitude. And this is what gets us into a lot of trouble. There's too many of us out there that think that we can do life without God and get by. We can scrape by somehow, some way. And Jesus is saying, blessed are those who are poor in spirit that recognize that they can't go anywhere without God. They can't save themselves. They can't stand before a holy God. They can do nothing in their own filthy righteousness. That's what this beatitude means, that we are wretched and miserable and poor, and we have no right to even stand before a holy God. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. I've always said this, and I believe this today, people will never come to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is until they recognize they need a savior. See, so many of us out there think that somehow, some way, I'll be able to do it on my own strength. I'll be able to get to heaven. I'll be able to do all this. You can't. And it's the opposite of what this beatitude is saying. The beatitude is saying, blessed, happy are those who recognize you can't do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. Nobody can do it. Nobody can measure up 
we all have to recognize that we are spiritually poor before an almighty and holy God. Blessed are those who recognize that the debt of sin is too much to be paid. The tax collector realized it. The Pharisee looked at it and said, look at me, I'm somebody great, and I'm glad I'm not like them. See, there's so much of that that goes on today. People fall short of the cross. They fall short of what Jesus has done. The only way that we can do that is through his death, burial, and resurrection. The number one reason people won't trust Jesus is because they simply believe it. They can do it on their own. Yep, they're poor, but I can get by. I can do it in my own strength. I'll make it somehow. They're just like the Pharisees. You may think that you're religious. You may think that you're this. You may think that you're that. But it doesn't measure up to an almighty, holy God. Blessed are the poor in spirit because they recognize they have nowhere else to turn but to God. God, my life is bankrupt. I am spiritually poor before you. And I need you to forgive me. See, that's the meaning of that parable. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, it's God speaking about himself. And it, and it goes like this. It, it kind of gives you the heart of what God is looking for. It says, thus says the high and lofty one. This is God speaking. Who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. This is what God says. For him who has a contrite and humble spirit, to receive the spirit of the humble and to receive the heart of the contrite ones. So what is God looking for? Those that are humble, those who have a contrite heart, those who are poor in spirit will inherit the kingdom of God. No wonder Jesus begins this beatitude, this sermon on this mount, this radical teaching of his which is so contrary to what was taking place around him and even contrary to what's taking place around us today. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are poor in spirit. This is the greatest rags to riches story you're ever going to hear. Those who are lost, those who are without hope, those who are destined for hell, recognize it, turn from it, and turn to the one who can take care of it. Man, I hope that's your story out there today. And if so, man, welcome. Okay, Jesus says, welcome to the kingdom of God. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the great piece of scripture today. Man, what an awesome piece. Blessed are those of us that are poor in spirit. That's how we come to know Christ. God, thank you that I was once lost, I was once blind, I was once destined for hell. And Father, I cried out, which really, Father, is kind of leading right into the next part of our Sermon on the Mount. I cried out, and Father, now, because of what Jesus has done, not because of me, what Jesus has done, I inherit the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that's true of those that are here today and that are listening. And God, thank you again for this piece of scripture. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, God bless you, okay? 
Man, if you ever have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. You can email me. Matter of fact, I would love to hear your rags to riches story. Share that with me. Send me an email, text me, call me, however you can do that. God bless you guys, and I'll see you back next time. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com or download the Real Life Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Real Life Church Podcast.